BestBookBits.com presents The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Dr. Joseph Murphy, published in 1963. Dr. Joseph Murphy wrote, taught, counseled, and lectured to thousands all over the world for nearly 50 years. Born in 1898, he was well-educated in Ireland and England. As the preface of the title, Dr. Joseph Murphy asserts that life events are actually the result of the workings of your conscious and subconscious minds. Techniques through which one can change one's destiny, principally by focusing and redirecting this miraculous energy. Years of research studying the world's major religions convinced him that some great power lay behind all spiritual life and that this power is within each of us. The written summary can be found on our website, bestbookbits.com. So without further ado, I bring you the book summary of The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. Big Idea 1. How Your Subconscious Mind Works Before we begin, I have to remind you that the subconscious mind doesn't make sense all the time. In fact, your subconscious mind could be seen as the irrational part and your conscious mind is the rational part. But Murphy's whole point is that if we refuse to try to understand the non-rational mind, our rational goals and plans will be sabotaged. In fact, while it's good to understand how our subconscious mind works, it's more important that we develop the faith that it can. The roles of your conscious versus your subconscious. Know that the conscious and subconscious are not two minds, they are merely two spheres of an activity within one mind. Your conscious mind is the phrase of your mind that chooses and reasons. For example, you choose your thoughts, beliefs, opinions, theories, or dogmas. Whatever you believe on a conscious level, you impress onto the subconscious mind. Your subconsciousness doesn't have the power to choose. It simply takes what you give it and executes it. Hence, one of the most important aims of your conscious is to act as a watchdog to what enters the doors of your subconscious mind. The main role of your subconscious is then to manifest what you desire back into the real life as conditions, experiences, and events. It all starts with a picture in your subconscious mind. Think of your subconscious mind as a dark room which develops images of what you are going to live out in real life. It sees something first before it happens in real life. This is where the power of imagination comes in. By first imagining something in your subconscious, you can give it effect to happen in real life. This might sound far-fetched, but you actually do this all the time. For example, when playing sports, you imagine a play or a strategy in your head and then execute it. When you're composing music, you first imagine how it would sound in your mind before you play the notes and record it on paper. Same when you're designing a poster. You first imagine it and then you put it on paper. Take this same concept and apply this to everything you see in your physical environment. For example, the laptop you're reading this from was first an idea in someone's mind before it was created. Aeroplanes were first an idea in the Wright brothers' minds before it became a reality. With the same logic, if you can see and feel yourself being successful, happy and healthy, you can create that reality in real life. Yet thought alone doesn't do the trick. Your subconscious mind works on belief. You might know that an important principle of electricity is that it works from higher to lower potential. Similarly, the principle from which your subconscious mind works is belief. Merely thinking that you'll be successful is not enough. Not only do you have to want it, but you need to believe that you are. This sounds quite counterintuitive. 
because often we think we have to want it, and once we have it, we'll believe it. But it's really the opposite. First, you have to believe it in your mind to create it in the real life. Now, the difference between a thought and a belief is the feeling. A thought is just an idea, whereas a belief is a thought with a feeling. That is, thoughts repeated over and over again will eventually be believed because of the feeling that builds with it. For example, I could tell you you're really smart. The thought that you're smart will pass your mind, but if you don't feel that you're smart, you won't believe me. Only once you think and feel something to be true, you believe that it is true. The most important part is the feeling. In fact, your subconscious will work for you the fastest when you increase your emotions and feelings of your belief. Your subconscious is always reproducing according to your habitual mental patterns. Think of your subconscious mind as a bed of rich soil. Your thoughts are the seed you plant. The more you repeat the thought, the more you water in the seed so it will sprout and flourish. Results will be seen in the body and your environment. But here's the thing. The better rich soil doesn't discriminate between which type of seed you plant. That is, your subconscious is neutral in a moral sense. It doesn't filter for good or bad beliefs because it can't choose. Hence, once your subconscious mind accepts an idea, it begins to execute it, despite whether it's bad or good, right or wrong. For example, if you repeatedly say to yourself, I can't afford it, your subconscious takes it in at your word. It will follow your orders and make sure you'll never be able to afford those things. You go through your life thinking that circumstances made it so. In fact, it will never occur to you that you might have created those circumstances for yourself by your own negative, denying thoughts. Hence, your subconscious is always reproducing according to your habitual mental patterns. If you, your conscious mind, give your subconscious mind wrong information or things you say out of habit, it will accept it as true. It will then work out to make that information correct. It will bring your suggestions, even those that were false, to life as conditions, experiences, and events. This means that everything that has happened to you happened because of the thoughts impressed on your subconscious mind through belief. Harness the power of your subconscious mind to control your results. So according to our understanding, since our subconscious manifests whatever belief our conscious mind imprints onto it, it follows then that everything we have in our life right now, from our personality, our friends and family, our health and our status, our relationships, and our income level, all of that is a mere reflection of the programming of our subconscious mind. That is, it's a mere reflection of what we believe about ourselves, deep down in our subconscious. Once you understand all this, and most importantly, have faith that it's true, you can start to harness the powers of your subconscious mind. You can start to imprint a new blueprint of what we want in life onto the subconscious mind. Instead of letting our habitual thoughts and patterns run us, this is where auto-suggestion or affirmations come in. Auto-suggestion means suggesting something definite and specific to oneself. Once you repeat something to yourself enough times, you start to believe it's true, even if you didn't believe it at first, and it will start to be imprinted onto your subconscious mind. Big idea two, your natural healing abilities. We know now that our subconscious works on belief. Murphy takes this belief to another level. He states that belief is good health 
can itself activate the power of your subconscious mind to naturally heal your body. That is, your subconscious has the ability to heal your body naturally if we believe it can. There's only one universal process of healing, and that is faith. This means that illness, physical alignments, and even traumatic experiences can be healed by repeatedly submitting thoughts of healing to our subconscious minds. Of course, I don't think Murphy aims to discount the importance of medicine. His point is, I think, that it doesn't hurt to believe in our subconscious mind's natural healing abilities. In ancient times, healers claimed that they had the power to cure disease by simply touching the patients or doing something miraculous like stroking them with magnets. Numerous patients were in fact healed, but it wasn't the healer's touch or his magnets that did the trick. Any method that causes you to move from fear or worry to faith and expectancy will heal you. That is, anything that leads you to honestly believing and expecting that you're going to be healed will make healing more likely. Anyone who claims they can heal other people is incorrect. What they can do is get other people to believe that they're going to be cured and they will unknowingly cure themselves through their subconscious. But Murphy also states that even if we know it's a sham, we can still be cured. That is, even if the patients in the above scenario were told that the healer's method is only a sham, they could still be cured. This is because as long as we put an end to an active opposition of the objective or conscious mind, your subconscious will be open to suggestion. This most often happens when you're in a sleepy state. This is how prayer works. The mere belief in the fact that everything will be okay because you're praying will naturally shut out your questioning mind, your conscious, and allow your irrational subconscious mind to do its work. Now, even though I'm not religious, I won't deny the power of belief and our mind. This is in fact how the placebo effect works. The placebo effect is a phenomenon in which some people experience a benefit after they're given an inactive substance or a sham treatment. Researchers use a placebo control group to study the effectiveness of new medical drugs. They compare the impact of the groups with patients who received the real drug and groups who received a fake, a placebo. Even though placebos contain no real treatment, researchers have found that they can have a variety of both physical and psychological effects. Patients in the placebo groups have displayed changes in heart rate, blood pressure, anxiety levels, pain perception, fatigue, and even brain activity. These effects point to our mind's role in health and well-being. Big idea three, why your subconscious doesn't work for you. Not all prayers are answered. Just merely wishing for your subconscious to work doesn't work. Everyone knows that, and skeptics use this as evidence that the subconscious doesn't work. But first, we have to really understand why it's so. Murphy teaches us that there are only two ways we can fail to allow the subconscious to work for us, lack of confidence or too much effort. We must remember that whenever our subconscious mind accepts an idea, it immediately begins to execute it. It will execute anything whether good or bad. Sometimes we think negatively of something and even though we didn't want this to manifest, as soon as we believe it, our subconscious will get to work. For example, even though we want to be rich, the kinds of thoughts we're thinking are hopefully I'll be rich one day, or gosh, I hope this subconscious thing works. 
These kind of thoughts tell our subconscious that on the deepest level, we still don't believe that we're going to be rich or we don't ultimately believe in the power of our subconscious. Your subconscious will manifest a reality in which you, in fact, are not rich and where your subconscious doesn't work in your favor. This is an example of a lack of confidence. On the other hand, if you try to force your subconscious mind to do something for you, you will also fail. The subconscious cannot be forced. It responds at best to relax faith, belief. Then it will do its transforming work with ease. If you try hard to make something work, this will work for the conscious mind. However, this strategy doesn't work on the subconscious mind. You just have to relax and believe that it's working for you, even if you don't see results straight away. Bottom line is that you must have a clear-cut idea in your mind of what you want. Don't wish for the one thing, but tell your mind you also kind of don't believe it will happen. For example, if you want to find the perfect partner, but at the same time, you believe that all of them are already taken, or if they're not taken, they must be weird. You will continue to meet weird single men or women. You're essentially giving your subconscious mixed signals. Instead, you have to know the definite result that you want to believe in 100%. Feel its reality now, and the law of your subconscious mind will do the rest. Turn over your request with faith and confidence, and your subconscious will take over and answer it for you. This is the reason why skeptics will continue to have failed attempts at using their subconscious mind's power. And they'll continue to say that they have proof that it doesn't work. Because even if they try, deep down, they don't 100% believe in it. Hence, it won't work. Believe in faith works because you first believe in it, without seeking its effects and results first. That is, it's not about receiving and then believing it. It's about believing first, then you will receive it. Big idea four, your inner wealth powers. If you're having a financial difficulties, i.e. if you're trying to make ends meet, it means you have not convinced your subconscious mind that you will always have plenty and some to spare. I know this is a big claim to make by Murphy. However, it only makes sense with everything he's been teaching us about the subconscious mind. Our reality is just a reflection of what we believe about ourselves. Our reality is just a reflection of what we believe about ourselves. And what we believe about ourselves, our subconscious manifest for us. This means that someone with a poverty-type mind will indeed find themselves in poverty kind of conditions. On the other hand, someone else with a mind filled with ideas of wealth is surrounded by everything they need. Be careful of what you feed your subconscious at all times. It's affirming that you're wealthy doesn't work for you. Chances are you might have indulged in thoughts of doubt and fear 10 minutes after you thought of positive thoughts. This will just neutralize all the good thoughts that you are planting in your subconscious. The best affirmation is that which your conscious mind also accepts. Now here's the thing. Remember that you won't become a millionaire by simply saying to yourself, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire. This statement might seem too far-fetched and your conscious and subconscious will go into a mental argument. So instead, Murphy suggests saying something different that will get both the conscious and subconscious mind on the same page. That is, every day I'm becoming richer. This way, your conscious doesn't produce a mental conflict with your subconsciousness. 
because the fact that you're not a millionaire yet, but there is a great possibility that you're getting closer to it every day. Or if you want to have more sales, you can say to yourself every day, my sales are improving every day. The feeling of wealth produces wealth like compound interest. The idea is that the feelings of wealth produces wealth itself. Whatever it is that you say to yourself, it doesn't make you feel wealth and abundance. It won't work. Remember, a belief is a thought plus a feeling. Remember, a belief is a thought plus a feeling. So if you don't feel it, chances are you don't really believe in it. And your subconscious response to the heightened feelings and emotions. Think of it like compound interest. The more you have the feeling of wealth, the more wealth you'll actually get. And the more wealth you'll get, the more you'll feel wealth, and it just snowballs from there. Your subconscious will multiply whatever belief you deposit in it, whether that's wealth and abundance or lack of it. Common stumbling blocks to wealth. The feeling of envy is one of the most common stumbling blocks to wealth. Envy makes us condemn and criticize those that are more wealthy than us. But how do we expect to be rich if we claim not to like rich people. This is another example of giving our subconscious mixed signals. Hence, our subconscious will not allow us to become rich because it thinks we won't want to be something we hate. Being envious of the rich also suggests that we don't believe in abundance and there is enough for everyone. So instead of being jealous, Murphy suggests we instead think to ourselves something like, isn't it wonderful? I rejoice in that person's prosperity. I wish for them greater and greater wealth. This will neutralize the negative thoughts and cause an ever great measure of wealth to flow to you by the law of your own subconscious mind. Sleep and grow rich. Another thing about the subconscious mind is that unlike the conscious mind, it doesn't sleep. While you're sleeping, it's still working. That's why it's also important to use your sleep wisely to allow your subconscious to work on things you do want. For example, if you go to sleep thinking about a bad day you had or how much you hate getting up tomorrow, that's what it will work on for you to experience exactly that when you wake up. So instead, we should give our subconscious clear commands when we sleep. Murphy suggests repeating the word wealth quietly, easily and with feeling. Just like a lullaby. This way, wealth will flow to you in avalanches of abundance. The important bit is that you really have to feel wealthy. Imagine that you would be like if you were very wealthy. You're right to be rich. If it is true that you could have anything you wanted with the power of your subconscious mind, and that there is more than enough for everyone, i.e. that life is abundant, the question then follows of why be satisfied with just enough to go around when you can enjoy the riches of your subconscious mind. Murphy suggests that we are here to grow, expand and unfold spiritually, mentally and materially. You have the right to fully develop and express yourself in all your potentials. And an important aspect of that is the ability, should you choose, to surround yourself with beauty and luxury. Murphy tells us to become friends with money, so that we have a better chance of attracting it. Money is not good or bad, but believing either makes it so. There are some people who say they deserve more money, e.g. in their jobs, but at the same time, they secretly or openly condemn it. They believe deep down that money is evil and say things like, 
I'm broke, but it's all right. I don't like money that much anyway. It's totally okay to love and want more of money. It is your right. Big idea five, your subconscious mind as a partner in success. The three steps to success. Murphy defines success in three parts. First, we must find what we love and do it. We cannot possibly consider ourselves successful no matter how great we are at our job if we don't love it because success is also to do with our overall happiness. The second part to success is to specialize in some particular branch of work and strive to excel in it. And the third step, which is the most important one, is to make sure the thing we want to do does not only contribute to our own success, our desire must not be selfish. Murphy then gives us an example of a man who became super rich because he acquired his wealth illegally. This man, while he was rich, could not live in peace. He lived in constant fear of being found out and every eventually turned himself in. The Power of Imagination There was an actor before his fame would always imagine his name in big letters on the marquee of a great theatre. He imagined the detail, the crowds of the fans, the paparazzi, etc. He kept his imagination up for years, even when he was just a young boy living on a small farm with his family who were just scraping by. Years later, he got his first starring role. The night of the premiere, he almost fainted when he saw his name in lights with the crowd and the news reporters just like he imagined them as a child. By sustaining our imagination of what we want, our subconscious will understand more and more of what exactly we want and will execute it for us. Remember that our subconscious thinks in pictures and works best with heightened feelings. Hence, imagining your success in every detail works best. You have all the right answers within you. According to the biographies of the great German poet Goethe, he was in the habit of holding imaginary conversations with his friend who would be sitting across him, giving him the right and appropriate answers whenever problems arose. A stockbroker also used this same technique where she would imagine one of her idols sitting across agreeing with her investment decisions. Conclusion. As you can see from the five big ideas above, this is very philosophical book. Any book to do with our subconscious mind doesn't always make a sense. The idea is for us to just trust that it works, take it for what it is, and harness its powers. It doesn't hurt to believe in it. All its teachings will have a positive impact on you anyway. For example, you can't go wrong with thinking positively and believing that you have everything you need to become successful within you. I really like this book. It was very interesting and I definitely recommend it. And always to really get your subconscious to work for you, here's your subconscious mind action plan. Number one, convince yourself that your subconscious mind controls your life. This is the first step in the action plan because if you can't do this, nothing else will work. So try and really convince yourself that your thoughts more specifically what you believe, is responsible for your actions, results, and your life. For example, write down everything you believe about yourself and see how this is in alignment with what you actually have. Once you've done this, move on to step two. Write down in clear, specific details what your ideal life is like, including what kind of person you are, your health, wealth, and income level, and your relationships. Be very clear on what you want. Write it down in great details. 
the more detailed and descriptive the better it is for you to imagine it. Because the more you imagine it, the more you can feel it. And your subconscious works best with heightened feelings. Write it in present tense so you can feel how it's like if you actually achieved it. And three, visualize what you wrote in step two twice a day. Once before you go to sleep and once as soon as you wake up. Live in your visualization and really feel it. Believe in it and let your subconscious mind do the work. Remember to do this constantly over time. Enough time so that your conscious also believe it and your subconscious knows exactly what you want out of life. And that's a wrap on the power of your subconscious mind. Subscribe to our channel and take a look at the hundreds of book summaries uploaded previously. To find hundreds of written summaries, check out our website, bestbookbits.com. And for hundreds of audio podcast summaries, find us on mixcloud.com forward slash bestbookbits. Like and share if you got something from this summary and comment on what one thing stood out for you. Thanks for watching and have yourself an amazing day. Take care.